Hello, and welcome to the Courtney Turner Podcast. I thought before we start, before I introduce my guests, I'm going to do a little bit of housekeeping here, which is something I always forget to do. Uh, firstly, I noticed we have some new followers, and I really appreciate it, and I hope that you're enjoying all the content, and uh, that I can, I think we've done about 50 shows in the past uh, four weeks. So it's been a lot, and I, I hope you are enjoying it and continue to do so. And I've received some really supportive, encouraging messages from people. I really appreciate that. Continue to do so and give me feedback. Let me know if there are things you'd like to see, things you'd like me to discuss, guests you'd like me to bring on. And we have updated my website. So we have ways you can support me and get great product uh, that I totally, totally endorse and encourage. Uh, so some of them are like the RNC. Uh, I personally take three of the apricot seeds daily. Uh, my friend from Honey Colony, Miriam, who's been on the show several times. Uh, there's Element up there. Oh, yes, Make Amer uh, make Honey Great Again. And that supports the J6 victims uh, who have been uh, politically persecuted. You can just directly Venmo me. You can also get some Element. Um, get your discounts on that. People have asked me if this is wine. It, it's actually hot element. And I think you can still get the chocolate medley, which is one of my personal favorites. This is chocolate caramel. And I drink it heated because it's really cold outside right now. And we created a give us and go, go. So anyway, I just wanted to let you know we have updated that. And any support is really greatly appreciated. So today, my guest is David Jerome Putnam, and he's a journalist, very interesting background. He was born in Japan, and uh, I find that really fascinating. As a little kid, I thought that I should be Japanese. For some reason, I just got along with all the Japanese kids in my, uh, in my school. I just got along with them better. So I tried to teach myself Japanese when I was in third grade. And this is back in the day where there's like, we, we didn't have the internet, you know, so <laughs> I was watching VHS tapes and uh, uh, looking through some books, but I got pretty far, actually. I taught myself all the colors, you know, very basic, polite conversation. I could count up to 100. And what else could I do? I could write my name in Japanese. So I had written to the embassy and uh, I thought the country was just really beautiful. So anyway, that, that was interesting to me. And he now lives in Switzerland. And so today we're going to start off by talking about dreams. So some of you may know, I wrote two 85-page theses. Uh, actually, one was 80-page, one was 85. Uh, very similar format to a dissertation, but I did them in high school. I had requested permission to get, uh, you know, to be able to do research uh, and I as a junior. So I did it as a junior in high school, and then I did another one as a senior. And for most seniors, similar to a dissertation, you do field work. Uh, so seniors often can drop a class or even two and then be able to do, conduct their field, field work, which I did do when I was a senior. But as a junior, I was a little bit ahead on credits, but I still needed uh, you know, the credits to uh, graduate. So I didn't take off a you know, classes from that semester, but I did get permission to do an 11 day uh, internship under uh, Dr. Gail Delaney. And she became my mentor. She created what she calls the interview method of dream analysis. And it, it, we'll, we'll discuss a little bit about that. But I went out to San Francisco. I grew up in Jersey. So this was, I went across the country. I was very fortunate that I was given the permission to do so. And my mother took the trip with me. And uh, this was the first one that I did. 
and it was called uh, Problem Solving in Dreams. So my junior year, I focused on problem solving in Dreams. My senior year, I focused on creativity in Dreams. And then uh, in college, I was given a grant to do research on dreams and literature. We're going to talk a little bit about this gem that I discovered at the, I think it's called the Half Price Bookstore uh, when I was in Texas. And it was, it's massive. But I wish I had had that when I was, it's called Studies in Dream Symbolism by Manling P. Hall. And I wish I had had that when I was doing that research. That would have been, I think, quite useful. So anyhow, I'm going to bring on our guest, David. How are you doing today? I'm doing fine. Uh, I had the the flu and fever a couple of days ago, but uh, now I'm I'm fine again. Yeah, maybe sometimes I will talk a little bit feverish. So it's it's I'm usually normal. Now I'm still kind of recovering. <laughs> okay, mm -hmm. so uh, you you might be in a lucid dreaming state, is what you're trying to tell us. <laughs> no, that's actually I would say the opposite. But this oh. this kind of feverish dream, also in German, you you say fieberträume. In, in English, we would say a delirium is, is more like a, a horror trip. So horror trip yeah. or nightmares are maybe uh, connected and you try to wake up from that mm. hallucinated horror. That's in the lucid dream that we'll later talk about. Yeah. Okay. All right. Mm -hmm. so, so you feel like that's more akin to what you're feeling right now? I'm somewhere in the middle, in a twilight zone. Oh. I would say, oh, <laughs> okay. yeah. it's it's it, yeah. Well, it's it's not so important how I feel at the moment. I feel fine, and okay. I'm really happy that you invited me, or we both had the idea to to do something yeah. about dreams, and maybe we'll continue with out of body experiences. So I go a little bit into occultism. Ooh. And sure. uh, UFOs, uh, CIA, what else did we have? Uh, remote viewing, yeah, Ingo Swan yeah. and all the Stanford Research Institute, huh? SRI, they called it, yeah, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. or it still yeah. exists. I'm very, very curious about that for sure. <laughs> I'm also uh, curious yeah. what what you think about that. But we <laughs> we already had our little fights uh, on the Twitter space. I hope we're still friends if we don't agree about LSD and yeah, its therapeutic I... effects. Of course, you had other uh, uh, like uh, friends or mm -hmm. uh, I don't know if they're acquaintances, direct mm -hmm. experience. Or a vicarious experiences uh, with mm. with the stuff they sell uh, at the Hollywood Street. No, you were, you you have your knowledge from the Hollywood scene, where, weren't you? Or I was. I mean, I was an actress and a producer. I, mm -hmm. I don't know that I was in like the Hollywood scene, quote unquote. Uh, you know, I didn't get very far uh, up the proverbial ladder, if you will. But I but I did do, I did do film and theater. So, so um, I, I thought once in an interview with Johnny Vetmore or somewhere else, mm -hmm. you said you also lived like in the Hollywood. Yeah, place, I lived yeah? in Santa Monica for years. And so. you, you tried to be liberal, but it just didn't work. <laughs> oh, I tried that most of my life and it didn't work. <laughs> You're still trying. Um, uh, or I, I wouldn't even call it liberal. I mean, I really tried to immerse myself in a, a more, uh, you know, I, I guess a left leaning uh, type of persuasion and the further the more I tried the more questions I asked the actually the further right I went mm, and I then now that. I've kind of uh, come out of the whole thing deciding that it's it's all really a very contrived dialectic but uh, mm -hmm. but I don't align with the left at all and yeah <laughs> yeah so 
Yeah. And I but... think also the left in Hollywood or they call themselves left. We can also discuss how how truly they they studied the the books of Marx and uh Maybe more. Uh, what, what was the favorite book of Hillary Clinton again? The Solinsky guy, no? Solinsky. The, the radical. Yeah. I mean, I don't think they... radical and a satanist or whatever Luciferian. Uh, he definitely was. Uh, yeah, mm -hmm. he wrote. Uh, he dedicated one of the. I think it was chapter seven, uh, where the, he has a quote, pretty much dedicating it to Lucifer. Yeah. Uh, I've had some people push back on me on that. I, I don't have mm -hmm. a quote right in front of me. Otherwise, I'd pull it up. But it was pretty blatant. Like, you know, he was talking about how uh, uh, Lucifer was the master deceiver and that they should emulate him. Yeah. Uh, that sounds kind of like a, a, a very positive kind of uh you know laudatory comment but i don't know yeah <laughs> I don't know. I we that. won't focus probably on that theme but people who are interested in in that satanism luciferianism and also crowleyism i i have a mm -hmm. by chance that the tarot cards of uh, a crowley here yeah. um i think his artwork is good i haven't read so much of his books but the, he mm -hmm. he's kind of like a like a pop star he's in the music business also in the beatles album he was there pictured and david bowie talks about him and probably every heavy metal band just adores him just do what thy will just is the only yeah. law you don't have, you don't have to remember the 10 commandments just the, the one the one is enough kind of minimalism do what thou will yeah. Uh, well, it's a kind of an inversion of, I, I don't really think any of the Ten Commandments say do what thou will. <laughs> uh, you know, I think there is a, a, a prim underlying premise that we're endowed with free will. And that's a very uh, biblical uh, premise. But this idea of do what thou will is, a, you know, it's, a, it, it's more aligned with like a Nietzschean will to power. And that's not quite the same thing. It's a you know, one could look at it as potentially a very Gnostic view where, you know, it's your, it's your own will to power and the Ubermensch can, uh, will rise and the Ubermensch has the uh, authority because he is, you know, above all. And uh, so bringing his will to power is somehow going to, uh, you know, be be benefit for, for all, um, which is kind of a, a Gnostic type of view, in my opinion. Yes. It's like, a you know, this idea that they're somehow going to supersede or a biblical god or they're going to become gods themselves so mm -hmm. okay yeah so we i think <laughs> we we kind of felt each other a little bit uh yeah, it's, yeah uh, and uh, you, you are probably a little bit critical against uh gnosticism uh you will also find that i'm a little bit more positive but i'm i also wouldn't call myself a gnostic or so i'm more like int right. int interested into mysticism or mystic mm -hmm. uh, buddhism i meditate right. a lot and do a mm -hmm. lot of psychoanalytical psychoanalytical research or um, mind mm -hmm. experiments, mind expanding experiments with uh, sure. with psychedelics. Although I haven't done it like for ten years or so, it's mostly okay. in my thirties. I was quite active and also in in shamanistic groups and so on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, and uh, by the way, I, I know you said we had like a fight. I, I'm all for people having different opinions. I, I don't, you know, this isn't, it's not personal. I don't, I don't have to agree with everyone and that doesn't make me, uh, you know, make them an enemy. I, yeah. I think that we can have respectful discourse and yeah. engage in uh, dissenting views and present hopefully the best argument. I mean, that was the idea of, of genuine debate. Yeah. Uh, but that doesn't mean I have to 
you know, agree. I may agree with some things, may disagree with others, uh, but I, I really appreciate when people are willing to have a, a genuine good faith discussion um, yeah. because I think that that's how ideas evolve. I think that that is how people learn. Mm -hmm. And uh, even if, you know, as I, I had mentioned about my uh, initially my political leanings, you know, you either I think you either learn ways that you might have been wrong or you then, you know, find uh, ways to strengthen your own argument. You become more articulate, more uh, clear in your uh, in your thoughts and the, the cogency of your argument. So I think that yeah. that's a win. It's when people, you know, start to make it personal yeah. and that that's when it's, you know, I don't think it's productive, uh, especially around uh, amongst people who are, you know, friends, acquaintances, colleagues, that's, that's not necessarily, I don't think it benefits anybody. So yeah. So yeah. I'm, I'm happy that you can take it so lightheartedly. Um, I also wanted yeah, so just to... to the audience uh, mm -hmm. following along. I do want to clarify. We we were having a discussion about psychedelics, and I think my audience is pretty familiar. I have, uh, you know, I've come down a little bit harsh, maybe on uh, the mostly the psychedelic revival that I'm seeing. Mm -hmm. I I really do feel like there's so. I, this is again, and I, I always feel like I have to qualify everything, and I've said this many times, but uh, I'll just repeat it since we mm -hmm. you had just so they have a context of what we were discussing this morning yeah, yeah. on Twitter. Um, you know, I think that there, there's always people who've had positive experiences. I, I'm in no way trying to, you know, uh, you know, take that away from them. In no way am I arguing that people can't have positive experiences. I, I think that that's absolute. For some people, it, it may be great, uh, but I think that there's there. It looks to me like there is a very intentional push, and uh, you know, the example I brought up earlier was that. Uh, that I'm seeing even on children's clothes, they're, they're having mushrooms on children's clothes and very reminiscent of like 60s, 70s psychedelic type of themes on the clothing. I'm seeing mushrooms in furniture stores. I, I It's not fashionable. It's not like a pretty design. So, you know, to me, this is some sort of programming. It's conditioning. And uh, they, they're doing a lot of these, you know, I, what I would call argue are kind of advertisements, but they're it's programming and it's very reminiscent of uh, like mother's little helpers. And so it's become very trendy. And again, I'm not saying that it's never helped anyone, but when there is that kind of a mass kind of a PR cam campaign, you know, it makes me very suspicious. And I do know there are a lot of people involved in synthetic variations of these substances. And uh, so it behooves them, they profit, they patent it, and then they profit off of it. And, uh, you know, we can argue whatever we want about the natural substances, but when it comes to synthetic forms, I, I think that raises a whole nother host of questions. Mm -hmm. And I also think that there's a, you know, very valid concern about a lot of these psychedelics blur boundaries. It's a, they, they open people up. And when you're opening yourself up, you know, yes, there are people who've been healed, quote unquote, you know, they've had great experiences that have uh, served them well for the future of their lives. Uh, there's also people who have had devastating uh, results and impacts from it. But when you are opening yourself up, you have to really, I, I think you have to be very careful and prepared because Sometimes you could be opening yourself up to very negative uh, influences, whether you look at those influences as being direct, tangible, you know, empirical type influences or uh, things that might be more spiritual, intangible, 
uh, interdimensional, if that's something you subscribe to, uh, but really just even intangible forces. And uh, I, I think that can be argued even in a very physical domain. So I, I think that that's relevant. And the, for the people who are, you know, aligned with a, this new world order agenda, that's something they're really pushing. They want a one world religion. They want to strip boundaries. They want to strip borders. And I watched this video and I, I, I'm going to have to try and find it because I, I brought it up a few times, but it was a Canadian entrepreneur, very successful. Have you seen it? No, very I haven't seen it. I want to see it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Very successful. And it was a short clip, but he talks about his ayahuasca experience and uh, he says how you know, before he was very much a capitalist and, you know, we can argue about the definitions and, uh, you know, that what that means. But I, he argued that he was very much a capitalist. He was very much an individualist. He was an entrepreneur and uh, he was in favor of limited government. He was not in favor of the New World Order. And he did an ayahuasca trip and he did a complete 180. And so now I understand. I, I'm enlightened. <laughs> It sounds a little reminiscent of a lot of the God or luminous. Jesus, yeah. and that, that happens almost like fifty percent of the time. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. So. But I would say it's okay to fear demons, or mm -hmm. um, I don't know that you get sucked into a ayahuasca cult. Happens very often, but mm -hmm. most of the time, in in my in my field of friends, I usually I don't go to a to Costa Rica or to South America and do it with strangers. No, I always did it with people I know or most of the people sure. I, I knew in the circle. And there usually the, the result was, oh man, I realized I'm hanging out with the wrong friends. So it's not demons, it's like real, real people they have a mm. bad influence on me. My parents had a bad influence on me. I need mm. to I need to move out from my parents' house. Or the job I'm doing sucks and is killing me. Or mm. uh, the 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 school education, like from kindergarten, all the the programming that I've gone through, mm. never teaching Freud or Jung that that mm. I that I really wanted to. So all these kind of more biographical. Mm psychoanalysis is also possible after lsd or uh mm -hmm. mushrooms is is kind of kind of still mm -hmm. manageable because ayahuasca and dmt then you you can quickly go into demonic levels that's true mm -hmm. yeah i I, th I think it's possible with all of them and i i think i know that with mushrooms they're really trying to uh mm -hmm. you know push synthetic variations of it uh, and I, you know, my speculation. And THC gummy bears. Have you have you tried a, a gummy bear? I think in USA, in some states, it's like almost for children. No. Yeah, I haven't, but I know there's a, a lot of people who, yes, they treat it like candy. It's, yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> that's the, I, dangerous. I, we agree on that um, one. Yeah. So yeah, so I, I think that's so. Anyway, I just wanted to you know clarify that so that people aren't like, well, what are they talking about? Yeah, so that was what it's about. Um, but. You know, I know that that's, it's not a popular opinion. I've, I've gone on many shows talking about it. I get a lot of pushback often. People are very uh, precious with their psychedelics. So I get it. Um, and I'm not trying to tell anybody what they should do. And I have no judgment on it. It's really not a judgment. It's just, I think people need to have a little bit more uh, awareness of what the possibilities are. Understand that a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of uh, malintent has been surrounding a lot of these substances, you know, people mm -hmm. who do want to, you know, use it for the purposes of whether or not they uh, achieved it or not, but to experiment with things like mind control, uh, like sublim subliminal messaging, like just tearing down your boundaries. 
and uh, it has been effective in many cases. So that's something to take into consideration when you're anything about those things so. tearing down the gender is also a, a subject that that sometimes is touched upon yeah. but let's let's come back to our uh, the, the dreams we've already yep. talked for quite quite a lot about the sure. mind al alteration and actually dream you could also say is something where you're kind of crazy or you're strange or you're in a strange world <laughs> dream, uh, right. psychedelic world or uh, at least mm. uh something like doesn't make sense that uh, as if some uh, as if uh, someone just randomly puts puzzle pieces together that don't fit together, kind of. You're okay. usually, if you really uh, train yourself to remember your dreams, so okay. um, that's important first if you want to then continue working with your dreams, interpreting your dreams, yeah. or write it down just right mm -hmm. after you woke up don't don't say oh, i know the dream i'll do it two two hours later so then usually it's gone though you have the yes. same experience yeah so uh when i was doing my uh research that was one of the almost everybody would say say to me that they didn't remember their dreams or they don't always remember their dreams and i would give them the assignment to first thing when they wake up write down the first thing that came to mind even if they didn't remember the dream and within a week literally every single one of my uh subjects had then recalled their dreams uh there i i shouldn't say every single one there there were a couple of exceptions and they were only in the cases of very extreme trauma so mm -hmm. uh you know people who were either processing trauma at that time going through a traumatic event uh or people who had uh, experienced uh, very severe trauma you know previously and that seems to be some sort of a protective uh, mechanism where they're they were really unable to draw and dream recall. Yeah. So, so do yeah. do you first want to talk about the the education or research you did at, at the university? Um, I can talk a little bit. I mean, like I said I was in high school, so this is like before college. This is uh, a pretty long time ago. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, but uh, yeah, but you so said you, was... you wanted to get the the the, the Nobel Prize for yeah, so, uh, dream research was... or something like that. When I first uh, had, when I first came up with the concept of the research that I wanted to do, I had initially wanted to do something that was uh, correlating brainwave states and neurotransmitter activity to types of dreaming. Uh, so you know, like anxiety dreams, night terrors, um, nightmares, um, you know, fan very uh, fantastical dreams, very creative, vivid. You know, some people have very vivid uh, color, sound uh, types of dreams. So I wanted to kind of create like different classes of dreams and then to see if there was any kind of correlation between the dream recall, because obviously all, all we have is what people remember and what they reveal. Uh, so between that and then, uh, you know, now the technology is talking about things like being able to read your mind uh that wasn't even in the conversation back then you so, mean te telepathy uh, by elon musk, musk no? I, right and that's what i would have needed <laughs> <laughs> a, a little neural link uh, device yeah. but uh that was not in the conversation back then so mm -hmm. i wanted to track uh, some sort of neurotransmitter activity in brainwave states and see yeah. if there was a correlation you know neurological correlation to what people reported in the types of dreams that they had. And uh, then the other component of it, which would have been fine to do, and that was really more of what I ended up focusing on, 
it would have been on the uh, personality types. So I actually ended up conducting the MMPI for the research I did do. Uh, so, but that would that part they would they were fine with. So I presented the study to Columbia Presbyterian, which was a very prominent hospital. I grew up right outside New York City, so it was you know right in New York City, and they pretty much laughed at me and they said that uh, I would need a hum I would need an MD PhD to conduct the study. Mm -hmm. However, they were pretty sure that if I did, it would be likely to be statistically significant and that I would receive a Nobel Prize and. Uh, of course, very naive uh, me <laughs> at that age. That uh, that sounds great. That's what I will do. So you and, were about twenty-five. Uh, How old were you? I was fifteen. I was fifteen. Fifteen already doing yeah, the doc doctoral school. research or high school yeah. research. Uh huh. I was, I was fifteen. Yeah. So mm -hmm. I was the only junior to ever conduct that study. I started. It was called a focus research project. So I had mm -hmm. to do a whole proposal just to be able to do the research. It initially started with the. It was my first year not going to summer camp and I, I thought I'd be bored. And so I thought I would do some research. I was a very strange kid. Um, so I think I went to, and you might find this interesting, before I did that, the summer before that, I went to the Gate Johns Hopkins program. And I didn't even, so this is interesting. Somebody on Twitter was talking about it. And uh, then a couple of people, uh, other people chimed in. None of us remember anything about this program. I have like a couple of very vague memories of it, but really I don't remember the program. That seems to be very common. You were brainwashed <laughs> um, afterwards. Well, it was part of a CIA research. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we do know that the gate program, it was the gifted and talented education program. And it, we do know that it, it was in, it was Johns Hopkins, but uh, it was part of CIA research. At least that's my understanding. I, I didn't know yeah, that at and the you, time. You, you also have to tell the the story already when you were uh, five or six. They they I, came I, to, to the school. Were, yeah, when I was seven, and they tried to recruit me. This is why I'm so curious about remote viewing because I think that was around that time. And oh, this so is why you're obsessed were... with the CIA. You're always thinking, why didn't they take me? <laughs> yeah. It was only your 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 mother who worried that they're gonna kidnap you and put you in. She some... was well. Yeah. They told her that you know they would need to take me for extended periods of time, and uh, uh, not said, oh, always, no, always just doing... like over the weekend or maybe. Right. Okay. <laughs> she wasn't having any of it. Thank goodness. I, I'm very grateful okay, that grateful, you know she. Yeah. A good intuition on that. I, I but think, I'm still curious. I can't I help think, but be curious. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's 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 we we never know how our things would have turned out if we mm -hmm. if we sometimes made a different decision, like to yeah. chosen a, a different job or so. Uh, <laughs> you also had like two months ago. That's actually the the real reason why I had the idea is from uh, the guy you interviewed, John John Redenbow, yeah. episode three hundred thirty six, Dream Life Decoded. Maybe you can yeah. show it, assistant in the background. This dream <laughs> life recall is really a funny guy or interesting guy. Mm. In the beginning, he talks a little bit funny, always kind of like. Mm. <gasps> and I actually also know a guy who's also in the dream group. I like in my uh, university time, I just had the idea. I read this book by Stephen LaBerge here. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, here we go. Stephen LaBerge. I read that. I read that I read my that junior too. year. That's From in my Stanford, review of the literature. Stanford University again. So I think near near the, the place where the SRI, the remote viewing stuff. Oh, cool. And he also uh, like talks, yeah, yeah, I'm just a normal guy, but I know some guys from the CIA. So probably maybe he's also 
I don't, I wouldn't say operative or an asset, but he has his connections, and that's why he also well, could introduce. Knows. Yeah, yeah, they, they, they did, they did like for decades. They're doing dream research and uh, trying to, trying to collect. Um, like it's not citizen journalism; it's citizen yeah. psychism or mediumship or so, and try to see the future because some dreams seem to be prophetic but you never know right. which and then if you have a group of 100 people and from the 100 people 20 people have the similar dream then maybe there is mm -hmm. something kind of i think that's that's the method he's using sure and that that's very much what he's involved in he's involved in uh, doing it he calls it dream intelligence mm -hmm. uh, so but he's working with uh, i mean he doesn't just work with the uh, intelligence agencies and it's not just the cia you know he yeah. works with uh, all sorts of uh, intelligence with the but DOJ, intelligence. dod <laughs> what did you say i'm sorry the doj's the Department right. of Justice, DOJ, the, the, yeah, the Department of Defense, then the FBI, mm -hmm. of course, and uh, NSA, mm -hmm. and then right. there, there are a lot of unclassified, uh, no, they're classified underground outsourced Agencies. stuff that 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 hide all the ufos they say you, you know your american uh military apparatus very well <laughs> i'm impressed uh, i'm i'm not sure yeah, a lot of americans don't know all the okay. different branches so yeah, yeah I, I i basically i'm i'm against uh simplifying things too much so if you always say cia is the bad cia is but there yeah. there are so many like um offshoots you know okay. or underground things that are like saying. half connected and even the mafia right. can can also be totally. somehow paid by them yeah yeah i i keep saying the game that the only game people seem to have learned growing up was pin the tail on the donkey because uh people tend to really want to oversimplify and mm. subscribe to a very reductionistic view it's a oh you know they point to one thing and that's the problem for everything and then they feel like they've fi figured everything out all the, all the problems of the world and uh it's just not quite that simple mm -hmm. so yeah no it is it's a very intricate web they do work together but they also work very compartmentalized and i think that's part of why they're so successful um and so they, yeah he no, actually it's it's more they work together and and they often fight against each other so i think mm -hmm. the top level they're all friends they all went to uh uh what, what's it again in the the bones uh skull and bones or so and mm -hmm. they 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 did the ritual they have i think mm -hmm. they go into the the coffin do masturbation or confession rituals okay now we have secrets of each other that we will never mm -hmm. tell to each other yeah we'll, we'll swear to a to the baphomet or whoever and then later the one is in the democratic party and the other is the Re republican party and they fight 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 like uh mm -hmm. hillary and well, trump quite publicly I, I don't think exactly. I, don't, I don't know yeah. how much they're fighting behind the scenes. islands they they f together kind of yeah <laughs> right i i that i suspect that's that's something like that yeah something like that or just <laughs> take drugs like together <laughs> right so he did do a dream uh, investigation called a dream intelligence and not just with the intelligence apparatus he works with all different organizations it was yeah. very very fascinating but he subscribes very much to this notion that uh dreams are prophetic that it's some sort of divine intelligence yeah. uh, very and yeah and that we're receiving messages that's really not the research that i was doing in high school i didn't have i didn't even have you know knowledge that that was so much uh that that there was a, a body of work on that specifically and i never 
I, I might have different views now. As I said, it was a very long time ago. And, you know, I, I like to think I've learned quite a bit since then. Um, I hope anyway. And so, you know, I don't necessarily always agree with my former self, which is fascinating and sometimes very baffling. But uh, when I read some of my older works, wow, I said that. Um, I'm not sure I think that anymore, you know. But when I was doing this research, it was uh, much more focused on uh, problem solving and dreams and this idea of it being prophetic didn't make a whole lot of sense to me at the time because yeah. I see there there are cases where people have very strong intuition and that might reveal itself through their dreams but and I certainly don't deny the possibility but there's so many other examples through all of the research I conducted not just the literary research but also uh, actually working with dreamers and a lot of it really was not prophetic a lot more of it was a uh, you know problem solving oriented and creative. analytic and can i can i make a, a quick yeah. kind of experiment or quiz with you uh, like go let's go into a concrete case of a okay. dream and see if you can kind of analyze what kind of person this is from from the book uh, uh oh, dreams okay. jung uh, it's it's actually uh translated by hall and uh, it's a collection of his uh articles what, what was hall's first name uh, here it just says RFC Hall. Oh, okay, not Stanley G. Hall. Okay. No, probably uh, grandfather or father <laughs> or uncle. Um, can I just read it? It's just just like a, a third of a a third of a page, and then try to imagine what kind of guy is this? Why is he having this dream? And then. Mm -hmm. First, first, I thought I, I could do one of my own dreams, but you warned me, oh, be careful in public. If you do the dreams, we'll go into very taboo places that you'll, you'll regret later. So I really. Well, I, I wouldn't say quite like that. It's just that it can be very <laughs> personal. And mm -hmm. it, I think oftentimes because dreams can be, as you mentioned earlier, they can appear nonsensical and fantastical. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people feel a little like a barrier. They feel safe. And sharing it, it's like retelling a movie or something that might be fictional but then when they start to do the analysis oftentimes you go places that can be very deep not always sometimes they're pretty obvious and it's a little superficial uh, but you know oftentimes my experience is that it can be very deep and when you go really deep with somebody uh, you know publicly sometimes they can find them they can feel really vulnerable and very exposed in ways they didn't expect so i just like to warn people of that i'm not just you know giving them the this opportunity to expose themselves in a way they don't want so good yeah by the way this is also a great autobiographical book mm -hmm. by jung memories dreams yep. and reflections where i haven't he... read any of these in so long excuse <laughs> it's been me a long I time since i've del delved into this stuff yeah Aha, uh -huh, okay. I'm I'm refreshing yeah. your mind now. That's that's perfect for a dream recollection. Okay, please yes. listen, imagine the dream or whatever. Okay. Here is the second dream. So that's also a very uh, important thing. Often at night you have a series of dreams or sometimes during the mm -hmm. week also. You have a similar dream that keeps developing. That's important for Jung's uh, dream uh, philosophy, basically. Okay, mm -hmm. so it's not Jung's dreams. It's from one of his patients. Huh? Mm -hmm. I am in a great hurry because I want to go on a journey. I keep on looking for things to pack, but can find nothing. Time flies and the train will soon be leaving. 
Having finally succeeded in getting all my things together, I hurry along the street only to discover that I have forgotten a briefcase containing important papers. I dash back all out of breath, find it at last, then race to the station, but I make hardly any headway. With a final effort, I rush onto the platform only to see the train just steaming out of the station yard. It is very long and it runs in a curious S-shaped curve. And it occurs to me that if the engine driver does not look out and puts on steam when he comes into the straight, the rear coaches will still be on the curve and will be thrown off the rails by the gathering speed. And this is just what happens. The engine driver puts on steam. I try to cry out, ah, and the rear coaches give a frightful lurch and are thrown off the rails. There is a terrible catastrophe. I wake up in terror. Kind of a little bit like a nightmarish thing, huh? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. how 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 would you start if someone told you this dream? How would you start with your uh, questioning? So I so I do typically work with I I have my own thoughts, you know, but and I mm-hmm. I could give a kind of an analysis, but I typically don't work with people that way because I think it's disempowering. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think that people need to, I think dreams are a gift and people should be able to use them as a tool for themselves. So, so I want to empower in- it themselves, basically. Exactly. So I very much liked Gail Delaney's method, the interview method. So it, it would be where I would ask a series of questions about uh, the various incidents in that, you know, whatever the report they give me on the dream. Like and how, then how they, does it make you feel when you talk about it or about that situation or that yeah element? or so like uh you know uh maybe the uh the first part is this this journey right so uh how how would you describe how you felt about that was it were you could you give me three or four adjectives to describe that mm-hmm. and then they might give me three or four adjectives and then i would say can you think of uh, any person any situation in your life currently or, uh, you know, any potential situation you might be in or dynamic, you know, relationship dynamic that try, is try to make like a connection this. to the present. Exactly. basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it doesn't necessarily have to be to the present. Uh, you know, it really can be uh, to correlative past. to it, it can because oftentimes, you know, we we learn from our experiences and sometimes we may have an intuition about about the present. And, and uh, maybe that, it's even to the future as that that was also one of or uh, even to the future well i, I yeah because i think the, so, prophetic, I, the prophetic dream again or like a warning dream is maybe a warning the, dream. the, the nightmare yeah. sometimes your, it's trying your... to deal with a past trauma but sometimes it's also trying to warn you of a future trauma that well, could happen I, and i think that when it's a, a potential future trauma it's it's collecting information from your past experiences and your past yes. reactions to those experiences mm-hmm. And so it's kind of saying, okay, you might be in a situation that might be very reminiscent of something you've experienced previously. Mm-hmm. And I, I think the dreams, when you're processing that, it, it's like a little warning. I do agree, like a warning kind of, but that doesn't necessarily mean this is going to be a traumatic event. It might mean, hey, you might need to look at how you might respond in this sort of a situation so that you can process it and flush it through. Uh, so, but that's very, yeah. yeah. 
I can give the solution. It was a, a CEO guy who was just I, I, yeah, that's what I I'm totally was, a business was working, guy, working a workaholic yep. guy, and and and, yeah. and Jung j didn't just fatherly say to him they were probably about the same age. He didn't say, yeah. "Hey, stop working, take it easy. No. You're you're rich enough. Stop working." Yeah. No, he 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 just kept on working, and then Jung just uh, later then wrote, uh, he he had then a. Uh, was in the hospital later because of heart attack or whatever. Yeah. And here, just just a small like um, this one was a pretty the, obvious the one. That's, that's, yeah. mm -hmm. I'm yeah. sorry, this this particular dream was a pretty obvious one. I think most people would have seen it yeah. as an anxiety you know, dream. The car is often uh, a representation of your body stuff, mm -hmm. also. But mm -hmm. not just that. I mean, you've got a a windy journey ahead. He's concerned about all the things that he needs to pack and prepare, yeah. and then he feels like he's not prepared. Uh, and then he's concerned, how will this, this journey is not going to be a straight shoot. It won't be simple. Mm -hmm. uh, and he's dependent on other people along the way. This is very typical of a CEO. He's got to be concerned about his employees and every decision that everybody's making. And then, of course, the partners, uh, you know, yeah. all the things that could go wrong. And it's not a straight shoot. And then, of course, you know, he's concerned that there may be uh, potential uh, variables along the way that, that hinder his progress, that hinder him reaching his destination. Yes, I agree totally. And so for people who don't know, uh, Jung was a, a student of uh, Sigmund Freud, the, mm -hmm. the, the Austrian guy, Carl uh, mm -hmm. Jung, or in, Swiss, in Switzerland we say Zege Jung, Carl Gustav mm -hmm. Jung, uh, it was from Switzerland. And uh, they both believed in the unconscious and there in in there it's the 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 unconscious part of us where we keep the the repressed stuff basically the mm -hmm. the unknown stuff but for jung also later it was not just the personal re repressed or unknown stuff it's also the the collective unconscious mm -hmm. so also right. like past almost uh you can almost uh um, make a connection with genetics with um epigenetics that's also one mm -hmm. thing i later discovered mm -hmm. that past traumas even from your parents or from your grandparents mm -hmm. can be stored in you so he was really into uh religion mythology and so on jung and freud less he was more into the yeah, jung uh, was, uh, philosophy and uh, also um not politics, but also kind of the idealism that you also criticize, isn't it? Mm -hmm. That's what one of your uh, research places, no, with uh, Hegel and Fichte, mm -hmm. and that's probably right. So. That, that's what I ended up studying. I ended up the, the thesis being, and antithesis, uh, antithesis and synthesis that can mm -hmm. sound logical, but that can be used in a political Marxist way. Mm hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. that can be used to uh, progress to towards a, you know, a a dialectical uh, oppositions can be used to progress towards the same goals. Um, I, that would be the very oversimplified way of explaining it. I, I've I've gone through that quite a few times, but I, I would agree that Jung was definitely much more of a mystic. Mm -hmm. However, both of them, you know, Jung I think really subscribed to actually a lot of alchemical uh, yeah, principle. Totally. Yeah, and. Uh, Magical, uh, maybe also yeah. not not really shamanism. He 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 wrote uh, sometimes he's not uh, for the psychedelic movement that he mm. observed a little bit in the in the fifties. I think he lived until nineteen sixty or so. Mm. So and and uh, uh, do you know what Freud's favorite drug was? 
cocaine. Yes. So yes, he, he, he could have written this uh, thick interpretations of Dream's book without cocaine. So no, yeah, he was a fan of it for himself <laughs> and for his patients. He was a huge fan. Of course, uh, he's smoking it... cigars all the time, and he he died with uh, cancer of the how do you say the gums or the no the kefir. Yeah. The kefir is the the, oh, the, limp, the, the, chin, the chin bone here, yeah. Oh, interesting. I didn't Very know that, May, Maybe from smoking too much, yeah, or from cocaine. I don't know. But anyway, he yeah. but he still lived like probably until 90 or so. Anyway, do, do you agree with uh, Freud and Jung or Gail Delaney brought you a little bit away from this macho, patri patriarchal, everything is based on sex and aggression? How 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 do you see like from yeah a I, I of these... don't subscribe mm -hmm. to that I think that's an incredibly reductionistic view of the entire world um and I, I think it said a lot more about Freud than it did about the world and about the human psyche but uh, no I I really loved Gail's method I found it to be very empowering even outside the scope of dreams themselves I think that it really gives a, an opportunity for people to have a tool to do uh, deep inner work and for people to do self-exploration in ways that they might otherwise actually be, uh, you know, a little bit more intimidated. I think a lot of people don't want to do, they don't want to look inwards and be introspective because it can be dark. It can be, uh, it can, it can be tedious. It can be a lot of work <laughs> and people yeah. aren't always that comfortable. Sometimes people have a persona, you know, Jung would talk about kind of Freud too. They, they classified it in different terms, but uh, you know, Freud, it was more of like the, the id, the ego, the superego. And yeah. for Jung, it was more of a, like the different archetypes that would be, and the shadow self, you know, so yeah. they, they labeled it. Synchronicities. Synchronicities, also, yeah. So, so that's I mean, they, they had spiritual or occultist, even sometimes, yeah. Oh, yeah, Jung had a lot of uh, mystical influences, so did Freud, too. It was different, mm -hmm. yeah. um, but they, they, they were both very influenced by the mystics. But so they labeled it different things and their nuanced differences. Uh, but I, I would still say that they, uh, you know, they had different ways of looking at that, whereas. I, I think a lot of times people don't want to do that kind of uh, work at, because they create what they would call, whether it be the super, e, uh, the super ego or they create the, you know, uh, front archetype and people have it. So in more colloquial present day terms, we would say like it's a persona and people oftentimes are very comfortable living in a more shallow representation of themselves. Yeah. and presenting that to the world and mm -hmm. they don't necessarily want to do the work that might be required to uh acknowledge that that's that's not all of who they are yeah, and uh, that right, they want right. to evolve and i don't even mean it in a Mas maslowian sense i mean just really truly to become a best version of themselves mm -hmm. that they might need to do some of that deeper inner work and i think with dreams it offers a tool to be able especially with gail's method it offers a tool to be able to do that kind of work in a way that's a little less scary and in a way that is a little less jarring to the ego if you will and that can seem fun it can seem uh, imaginative I'm not, I'm not trying to undermine it. It can be very deep. As I told you, a lot of times people would come to me like, oh, just we'll be out, you know, in front of tons of people. Just tell me what my dream means. And like, or just do the dream analysis with me. And, you know, I tried to warn them this could get pretty intimate. So but you've never I, done it professionally. 
dreaming uh, no. a dream. Why why not do it as a side job? As a side job, I guess I could. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, Gail Delaney was one of the founders of International Association for the Study, Study of Dreams. Dreams. Yep, she was. Can you I, can you can you show it? That it's there is a Wikipedia page, International Association for the Study of Dreams, and there, together with Gail Delaney, is one of my favorite dream researchers. Patricia. Yeah, Gail was actually. Yeah. Who, who is this one? Patricia. Gail was actually, uh, Garfield. Patricia Garfield. Yeah. So Gail was actually the one when I did my study in high school. Mm -hmm. I did a green a dream group. Uh, so we would do dream, oh, you group, too. dream analysis and yep. And she told me that I had to charge for it because yeah. she said, even if it was only a dollar, then mm -hmm. people would not commit if I didn't charge. So, so I guess you could sort of say that was professional. I mean, I, I think I charged $5 <laughs> a person, but yeah. Uh, cool. Yeah. So you, you haven't read uh, creative dreaming by Patricia I have, my, my senior year. That's what I did my, my research on. I did it on a, creativity uh, and dreams so i have mm -hmm. read her book patricia garfield mm -hmm. i'm familiar with her work so the first year was really on problem solving and dreams and i was very interested in really literal problem solving actually um it you know i real as i conducted the research i realized that it could be you know not just literal but you know of course more uh emotional and uh kind of uh it, you know, indirect type of problem solving, but I was very fascinated by people who were creative problem solvers in, mm -hmm. in their dreams. Like they would literally come up with solutions to, so that was a lot, the focus of the, that research. And then my senior year, I was very focused on, it was creativity and dreams. So I, I was curious about like the uh, highly creative people and the differences between their dreams and the types of dreams that they have and the types of dream recall they have. And, uh, you know, other people who might uh, present themselves as being less creative types. Yeah. Here, here you see the association is meeting in June 8th, no, until 12th, 2024. Oh. So they, they're maybe also like a secret society that meets in castles and all. No, but I think <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's similar also in the, the psychedelic community they they always choose like very nice places at the university or in a in a nice uh building historic mm -hmm. building and then always like the 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 old legends of the research mm -hmm. come plus the newest ones who who present their newest research results mm -hmm. and for me so patricia yeah yeah, sorry, go on. I was, oh, yeah, to go on about Patricia. No, no, and then afterwards, I, oh, I, I was just I'll, curious I'll, I'll how you get into it. Okay, I was just curious how you got into dream research. Uh, yeah. I, I studied psych psychology uh, at the University of Zurich in uh, 1998 i think 1998 mm -hmm. or 1999 for a year mm -hmm. and then i i failed the the the, the test where they kind of select or they there's just too many people who want to study psychology so after a year they they kick out about a quarter of the people and i was uh, one of them <laughs> wow okay. and, and i i changed my studies to japanology and that i i continued Japanology is film and uh, art history. And I, I realized later film where you kind of analyze the stories and the narrative has a lot of to do with journalism. And that's why I'm mainly uh, active in the, in the journalistic, independent journalistic field. But uh, 
I'm also yeah. open to going back to uh, psychology, maybe do another education there. Still mm -hmm. kind of undecided. So back yes. to Patricia Garfield that I also yeah. read about 25 years ago. I really liked mm -hmm. her approach because it's kind of, it seems to be like a simple, unacademic book, just kind of introducing mm -hmm. different old uh, ancient cultures from uh, like the American Indian, it says, Native American tribes or the Sinoi tribes, a uh, Malaysian tribe in the jungle who uh, always wake up in the middle of the night, the whole family and tell their dreams and go back to bed again and in the morning tell their dreams again. And they kind of yeah. all er encourage each other to always fight the beasts and don't be afraid. Mm -hmm. And I think that that also would be an interesting, um, interesting tra tradition to to cultivate in the West where everyone is kind of afraid of dreams or always they will always say, oh, it has no meaning, forget it. And but dreams, I think, can also be a preparation for general uh, crisis. It can be emotional, psychological. Uh, we'll we'll all have difficulties in life, especially in the end when we get sick or just die and or lose loved ones. So I think dreaming is is a is a good playground, a good training ground for everyone. If you remember then, and now with creative dreaming, tries to go one step further, and not just after the dream you write down and interpret mm -hmm. and tell it to someone, but in the dream. What what would what how how would it be how would it feel like if you like right now uh, ask yourself are we dreaming how do I know if I'm not dreaming or if I'm dreaming let's see mm -hmm. if things Lucy behave dreaming. normally oh it goes down it doesn't go up let's yeah. let uh, I'm gonna try now to to lift up to to fly. Mm -hmm. I usually kind of breathe in very much and imagine I'm a balloon. And then mm -hmm. usually I would flow up if I would be in a dream. Mm -hmm. Don't don't try the the test of jumping out of the window because that might go <laughs> that might go. Well. Might not so, be the best test. Yeah, yeah if, if, if some, dream, might not go so well. Or some look at their hands and kind of really observe. Does it look good? Sometimes the electrical stuff doesn't really work. I turned it off. Oh, it turns off normally. Right. Or other unlogical it, it can it can be anywhere yeah exactly exactly yeah. inception was 2010 so for when when this movie came out it was really old news for me but interestingly for the younger generation for the teenagers or maybe the the 20s there those who are 20 now it was really a, a revelation to see this movie and uh, of course, there's a lot of uh, special effects there with uh, suddenly, but actually it, it actually needs this Leonardo, Leonardo DiCaprio coaching guy who kind of kind of mm -hmm. prepares you mentally to yeah, yeah really observe the surrounding very carefully doesn't it seem a little bit strange mm -hmm. here and then bam 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 explosions mm -hmm. so usually in in real life when you work with your dreams try to become lucid it's mm -hmm. not that it it's not that spectacular and it does it also doesn't work by just watching the movie a hundred times there's a technique <laughs> there's a technique uh, well that was something that was yeah, part of my creativity uh study actually was that mm -hmm. uh, it, uh, people uh, people who identified as more creative I, and i mean that like more uh, overtly, well, this is a great movie too <laughs> waking life by uh, uh link later no 
Yeah, they tended to be uh, more apt to uh, naturally lucid dream. So that it wasn't necessarily like something that was more intrinsic to them. I, I was a lucid dreamer from a very young age, like as a kid. Wow. That was actually part of what spawned this research because I would, so I you, saw it kind you of like, like, like already during childhood, you had often nightmares where you realize, wait a minute, this monster mm -hmm. doesn't make sense. And then you, you just, well, no, it was more you like, dreaming. I don't, it was more like, I don't like this monster. So I'm going to change mm -hmm. the dream. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That's, I, I, that's, and I would also. Level. What? That's professional level you reached already. <laughs> I also like if uh, I would get so rudely interrupted in the morning to have to go to school. I mean, what, mm -hmm. what's up with this? So I, I would get interrupted. My dream would get interrupted and uh, I would be very disappointed. So the next night I'd be like, I want to know what's going to happen. So, you know, I, I it's like watching a movie that got cut off. So I would go back to sleep. And I would, you know, intentionally say, like, I want to know what's going to happen. And with the problems, both the problem solving dreams and the creativity uh, in dreams research, I would work with people on lucid dreaming to solve problems yeah. or to come up with, you know, creative uh, types of uh, projects. Like, do, yeah. like what kind of problems is it life problems or it, it ranged that's what says. There's mm -hmm. something, yeah, both it really mm -hmm. it ranged so uh you know as i said i was really kind of uh curious about very literal problem solving initially but what i had found is that uh it had a much broader scope than that you know a lot of people are not solving complex uh, applied mathematics in their dreams but some people are uh some one, what more... problem that that would really interest me like especially for teenagers uh high school people or so mm -hmm. I don't know if 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 you how you found your job or so if if people don't know what what kind of job they should choose why not request like like a vision quest that the, the Native mm -hmm. Americans do would, mm -hmm. would 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 that have been some someone did did that kind of problem solving they, they didn't know what to choose a lot of the people who I was working were, were working with were either my peers in high school or mm -hmm. uh people who are already professionals like adults you know with careers so i didn't really have the opportunity to work with that type of scenario so much mm -hmm. that would be a little bit you know if i had done this in college that might have been more appropriate or you know early 20s and that might have been uh, more applicable i just didn't have that wasn't the pool from which i was drawing so cool yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll sorry. Just... Go back to Patricia Garfield. I didn't no, to cut I, you off. Patricia Garfield. I already put away. I'll, I'll bring okay. it back again. I'll, I'll I'll just just quickly say for for those yes. who who don't like to read really like scientific or Freudian mm -hmm. dream books, this is this is the one. Uh, mm -hmm. It's 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 very feminine for me. It's it has a lot of atmosphere okay. and almost like a like a love novel you know with all the the, the, the yeah i would agree with that actually wait, wait, yeah the, the description how how uh the first pilgrim in an old greece comes to the temple of aslepius the the greek god of mm -hmm. medicine and mm -hmm. in the end first you have to bathe with cold water to purify yourself it's it's all based on historical research that archaeologists yeah. and so did and then at the end in the quiet blackness, you hear only the echo of the hymns in your mind and the soft mm -hmm. swish swish of the slithering snakes. Because in the temple, there are a lot of 
uh, non-poisonous snakes that also kind of help to bring the the healing power of dreams you know <laughs> it, it it sounds a little bit sarcastic but a no, lot of I, I really like this in book. that as well but yeah <laughs> it's, it's there's definitely everyone, a lot of of course it uh, you can call it all oh, it's new age stuff bullshit but for yeah. me I've, uh, when i was reading it i had several uh, lucid dreams now with this guy this is more the man manpower the mm -hmm. the Stephen Laberge. I also once yeah. went to a to a, a course. Like once he visited uh, Swiss University, mm -hmm. uh, just for like for a weekend. And uh, yeah, he he's really good in making it scientific because some people just say yeah. oh, it's scientifically impossible to to kind of wake up or to realize that you're dreaming in a dream. It doesn't make sense. But he has really looked at the brain waves, the EEGs, and found, especially in the REM period, so the rapid eye movement uh, phase. And he also he, in, had, in, yeah. he, he did like the I, goggles where always if if it 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 has sensors and and when the eyes kind of move erratically like in the in the in the REM movement then right. you have like red lights that give you signals oh now wake up wake up but mm -hmm. the friends who who uh, who tried it or uh, one guy even tried to do his own kind of stuff uh, his own mm -hmm. kind of invention it it never really worked so right. for me the the better way to really learn it he has uh four points is number one during the early morning when you awaken spontaneously from a dream go over the dream several times until you have it memorized mm -hmm. two when while lying in bed and returning to sleep so let's say i often wake up like somewhere three or four in the morning and need to go to the toilet mm -hmm. that's a good place then go back to bed uh, remember the dream you just had go over it again and then when you go re when you return to sleep say to yourself next time i'm dreaming i want to remember to recognize i'm dreaming or i would just say mm -hmm. I, I want to remember to realize i'm dreaming is for me more easy mm -hmm. to say then visualize yourself as being back now you really the dream is really a visual mostly a visual you also have other sense sense sensual or sensory input but it's, it's mainly visual visualize yourself as being back in the dream just just rehearsed only this time see yourself realizing that you are in fact dreaming so not not just tell yourself i'm gonna realize i'm gonna uh, I'm, I'm gonna become lucid i'm gonna become lucid but okay. also kind of picture it try to imagine it that's also almost like creating your own dream and then the last uh, point for repeat steps two and three until you feel your intention is clearly fixed or you fall asleep. So mm -hmm. while self-hypnotizing or self-suggesting yourself, sometimes people can go right from not dreaming into the dream. But usually for me, it's I'm dreaming already a couple of minutes and then suddenly I realize, wait a minute, I I, uh, I should be in uh, in Switzerland. Why am I in Japan at the moment? It doesn't make sense. So I kind of remember something from the, the present life mm -hmm. and then remember, right. oh, I'm in a dream dream landscape. Right. Yeah. Your your comments? Uh no, I mean that, that that's great. I mean those are all really great <laughs> suggestions. I Stephen LeBurge was one I cited a lot in my work and I actually had those goggles. it worked with you? Didn't um, work? I mean, I was already very much a lucid dreamer. So, mm -hmm. you know, it was not, as I said, as a kid, I would, you know, 
I would try and finish the the night from the dream from the night before. Mm-hmm. I would change different. If I didn't like what was happening in a dream, I, I could redirect it in the middle. I even now, I mean, I'm not as invested now, but now it's more like when I can get good sleep, I, I want to sleep. Um, but, <laughs> but I can still You're so busy you know, doing podcasts all the time. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> podcasts and research and yeah. But when I but but when I'm in a dream, I very much can have that awareness. So it was never something I was fascinated by it, but it wasn't something that I was trying to figure out how I could do it. It was more like trying to guide other people who have struggled with it more and seeing if they could use it as a tool. I was very curious how lucid dreaming could help people to um, bless you to come up with the various solutions. So whether that be, uh, you know, creative problem solving or more literal <laughs> analytical problem solving. Uh, and if they could do it through a lucid dream, that would be one, just the lucidity of being able to direct the dream towards that problem. And then two, to be able to work through it and have that, uh, you know, consciousness integrated because oftentimes you know as you as you were talking about like most people don't remember the dream at all so then it's i I wouldn't argue that that's completely lost but it's not as easy to then integrate it into your uh day-to-day life so i'm having a little bit of a cough at the moment oh no i I hear it are you okay i think so just need to calm down Okay. Well, I'll talk. Uh, hopefully, if no, you no, need no, to, no, it's good. Anything, let me know. Okay. Um, the one thing I will say, though, is that you know, now knowing what I know, I I am very curious how uh, it could have been used and co-opted, uh, and how you mm-hmm. know a lot of yeah, this research on dreams can be, uh, I, I guess, utilized for kind of other types of uh, research. And I can just imagine that, yeah, like you brought up remote viewing, and I'd imagine things like dreams could be very useful in that. Well, I think we we both haven't found any um, documents that shows that um, uh, the the people from the Association Dream Society there, um, oh, um, Garfield and Delaney, and of course also Laberge, he was in Hawaii, he had his. Mm. um research institute mm-hmm. I, I don't I, I wouldn't see why why CIA would be interested in them but no with the out of body stuff that could be used yeah. of course it's similar to remote viewing so that could exactly. be used for spying yeah. or even um more than spying with the telekinesis and the I don't know what what was again there there was one famous incident where um uh, two Russians, but one Russian was a, a Soviet defector. They they kind of had a, a famous Russian uh, chess uh, game. Mm-hmm. I think probably mm-hmm. was uh, somewhere in the seventies. And there mm-hmm. was one Russian like remote viewer or a psychic who who kind of tried to influence them. So it's kind of psychic interference, psychic mm-hmm. influence. That's probably. Uh, something the CIA uh, was uh, CIA and the KGB was interested in mm-hmm. and the the this book from uh, Robert A Monroe uh, journeys out of the body mm-hmm. came out in the 60s i would guess 
Uh-huh. Here it says seventies, but uh, he was active in the sixties already. Like he, yeah. it's it's basically right. like a, a dream journal of Robert yeah. A. Monroe. He was uh, a rich CEO guy in the radio business. He also did a lot of uh, learning tapes, so he was okay. really into technical stuff and right. also hypnosis. Basically, I would say mm-hmm. he didn't call yep. it hypnosis. He called it. Uh, sleep learning you can call it then you know while you're sleeping you you're, you're listening to tapes or to this white yeah. noise stuff so shh, yeah. shh, or then yeah. the left and right the the hemi sync he called the left and right a little bit a different tonality or heights and then you you try to to help alter the different brainwave states exactly yeah altering the states uh, without drugs mm-hmm Right. Uh, Freud and Jung were also very uh, interested in hypnotherapy, mm-hmm. uh, both of them. Uh, they, they thought that they might be able to do some sort of a mind control or potential mind yeah. reading and yeah, through that. But, Although I, I heard Freud wasn't so good at it. That's why he, he went to the, the, the dream as a method or free association yeah. was also uh, freely associate. Um, and then uh, Jung... Uh, as a, as a Swiss guy, a typical Swiss guy, he measured everything with his Swiss clocks, Swiss watches. <laughs> and then he his theory was, um, he would say, for example, with the free association uh, method or experiment, he would say mm-hmm. sex. And then he would make the stopwatch. And then someone would say maybe mm, aroused. Uh, yeah, please continue, continue. Um, porn. Uh, yeah, continue, continue. And then, and then a very long pause. Huh? Usually it's just two seconds, but now suddenly it's 10 seconds pause until he says the next word. Oh, now a very repressed word is coming. And oh, it, it, yeah. it, validity. Uh, what? And then maybe the last word was, um, black. And then, huh? what, what do you, what do you mean black? Huh? Please continue. Uh, I don't want to continue anymore. And then mm-hmm. something like that. Oh, uh, that Freud's answer for everything was that it was some sort of sexual repression. I, yeah. I think that was really, he, he was a one trick pony in that regard. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. But anyway, uh, Robert A. Monroe, and then we can also continue freely uh, into the CIA. Uh, yeah, I'm very serious. But, um, <laughs> Basically, um, I, I, I'm, I'm rereading the book, and basic, mm-hmm. basically, uh, his his book is based on this book by Sylvan Muldoon, Astral Body. Okay, who, I'm not familiar. Um, yeah, he, when you, when you look at uh, the projection of the Astral Body by Sylvan Muldoon. Usually they're also kind of like sick people. They were sick, had uh, a scarlet fever or so, or some mm-hmm. some um, uh, heavy sickness in in childhood, and then they they were bound to the bed, and then they kind of made a lot of dream experiments, and then they often had. I don't know, saw saw their dead mother or so, and just wrote it down, and then later. People from the psychical society back then, it's mm-hmm. uh, the the, yep. the psychologists or the the psychiatrists were not interested. They just they just said, ah, that's uh, superstition, doesn't exist, mm-hmm. and so on. But the the in nineteen hundred or a little bit earlier, there were the 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 Society of Psychical Research in uh, London and in New York were of course yep. very interested and collected and were kind of 
also searching for the super psychic. Uh, and in yeah. the CIA program that's coming out, that's now all, all on social media or on YouTube, you'll find a lot of stuff from the SRI. Mm -hmm. Let's yeah. see what you got out. Parapsychology research. Yeah, I don't know that one. So the yeah. most famous is that's with 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 uh, Russell Tark and uh, what's the other's name again? Putoff, who's now in the UFO research. The Putoff mm -hmm. is not, they always say, ah, there are not also interesting YouTube uh, podcast videos with him. He was all, all, often very quiet, but Tark did a movie, uh, Psychic Spies. And mm -hmm. it's, it's basically... It's hard to say. Is it now fact now that remote viewing is possible? Yes, but how often does it occur, and how precise is it? Right. There, I'm still researching and finding, for example, Uri Geller, the famous Israeli Mossad mm -hmm. agent uh, for a long time. Mm -hmm. He was also invited to uh, Stanford, to California. And they mm -hmm. did experiments and uh, Jack Sarfati, who was also in the theoretical uh, physicist California place. Mm -hmm. I met him through Twitter recently. He released okay. an audio tape. I think he did the, the clandestine recording, audio recording uh, that he posted on SoundCloud. And there I, I heard the whole thing about an hour or so. And there, Russell Tark actually surprisingly said, uh, I'm, I'm not convinced that uh, Uri Geller really has the telepathy and the telekinesis powers mm -hmm. because yeah. he, did, he, didn't, he didn't pass all the tests. On the other hand, um, uh, what's the other guy they, they chose? Ingo Swan, eh? he's dead now, but Uri Geller's still alive and well and posting mm -hmm. a lot of UFO stuff. But here we have the psychic spies. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Interesting <laughs> cap he's wearing. Um, <laughs> Ingo Swan, he wrote a lot of books. I, uh, I recommend Penetration by him, uh, where he wants... It's, it's supposed to be a science fiction book, but many also think it's based on uh, a true story. And there it's about a secret deep state agent that kind of kidnap him more or less bring him to an underground place and there he has to remote view so remote viewing is like clairvoyant uh trying to see without going there the the moon mm. what's what's behind the moon or the the dark side of moon and there he he saw like an alien yeah. base and aliens who looked at him telepathically said hey hey uh, f off mm. And uh, then he 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 came back and then he's, uh, he he told them and then he, he was just confused and he they, the the agents just exactly the agents just told him never talk uh, with anyone about what happened and that's why he only wrote this science fiction book about it but uh, it's it's a it's a cult classic in the UFO community. Interesting. Um, I know there, mm -hmm. in terms of remote viewing, there was the, uh, uh, what was it with the, like, with Hitler and in Argentina and the coin? Never heard of that, no. Oh, I'd have to find it. But uh, they, they had a, somebody remote viewed and they were able to, because there's that whole theory that, you know, he didn't die and then he was shuttled off to Argentina. And mm -hmm. uh, they, somebody had actually found the coin that proved that somehow... 
I, I don't remember all the details of it, but they actually, but the somebody remote viewed uh, that this coin was uh, where they found it. There, there was, was really once a, a picture of uh, supposedly Hitler with a kind of a CIA agent, I think. There like, it is. Aha, uh, uh -huh, that one. Yeah. What's what, what's this about? 1938. Mm -hmm. This is yes. Yeah, it's like the, the this is the coin that the, and it, it, there was a remote viewing project attached to it. Like somebody were they they had a remote viewing and were able to find the coin. They they would have no way of knowing. Mm -hmm. um, but I'd have to look up the details of the story again. I'm really fuzzy on it. But I, when you were talking about the remote viewing, that just popped into my head. I do remember that. So, so have you have you read books about remote viewing or saw movies about it? No, that I know very little. I mean, yeah. I've I've read a little bit of uh, some you know CIA documents, um, but like I don't know too much about it. It would yeah. be interesting to just uh, just see if you can remote view. No, do you have something? Do you have something to write? Mm, I do. Yeah, let me see. Uh, I do. Yes, I have something to write. Okay. Okay, I'm writing <laughs> now something. It's it's totally okay if it fails. You know, I'm I'm not a, I'm, I'm not dependent on it. But uh, it, it's if if it fails, then there is a scientific result. One, there's one little, but uh, just 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 say Ingo Swan. Together with Russell Tark, one of the top CIA guys, he was also in the military, and uh, Hal Putoff was also like in the Navy or so, one of the top. They were like mm -hmm. maybe the only two people who believed in parapsychology or so. They also quickly went okay. to to visit the the Scientology place in Los Angeles or so, very big there, and and see and saw what 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 kind of techniques they have. You know, they have the 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 lie detector stuff and right, where you kind of hold stuff and then they also ask questions mm -hmm. and always if the lie detector goes Woo, then oh now we have a interesting topic we we found kind of like let's dig a little bit deeper so it's very very much also based on psychoanalysis but remote viewing the 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 ingo swan you could say is, is the father of the technique he had a grandmother who was kind of psychic, he said. He had mm -hmm. since childhood also dreams and uh, where he saw ghosts or aliens mm -hmm. and very like a sensitive guy. And the one thing that really uh, convinced uh, Putov and uh, Tark is he went to some magnetometer that, that they have at the SRI, some kind of mm -hmm. ma mag magnets um magnet measuring Magnetism, uh, uh, yeah. below the earth like somewhere and then they 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 just surprised him not not like mm -hmm. with i think with Uri Geller they were like getting uh cautious oh they they're like mag magicians who kind of make these mm -hmm. tri tricks up their sleeves so they went to this mag magnetometer what are we showing here uh and Lens parapsychology underlying. There is a one. one by, by the Stargate. way, I, I can I can give you the the scientific uh, paper. Okay. Where do I have it? Is it here? No, it's not here. Precognition uh, of the the SRI uh, because the the put off and. Mm -hmm. 
Putov and Tark were not allowed to talk about it from 1970 to 1990. I think that's or, oh, wow. or, or, or no, that's when when they used it like from time to time. Uh, please, nice. uh, uh, they they gave like these uh, Russian targets, just like some some numbers. What do you see? And then they made these sketches. And then once they saw, oh, there is a, a hidden underground. Um, submarine building factory and that looked exactly correct. Huh? Interesting. Uh, where do I have it? I don't see it here. Oh, with books oh. here. Give okay. me one moment. Or did I? Okay. Maybe I. But um, it's just SRI, uh, Hal Putoff <laughs> and Russell Tark uh, wrote it and it's on, on the CIA uh, homepage. They, they kind of publish everything now. Yeah, they, I mean they're pretty transparent about a lot mm -hmm. of things. I mean, obviously, the there's a lot of stuff, the past stuff only. Huh? Yeah, so, because see. probably now the 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 modern stuff. Oh, here it's it's when when I, I wrote Tark and Putoff, the second thing is already CIA. So the CIA really are working together with Google, and the and the title and is called. This uh, is Stargate, by the way, which yeah. it was a project in the U.S. Army that was mostly focused on uh, remote viewing. Yeah, Stargate. I don't remember. It, it was in This they, is they, why. So this they, is why, they, though, they I was uh, changing the name. It. Yeah, but the most famous project name was Stargate, correct? Yeah, but this is why I was am uh, so curious what they wanted to use me for because uh, it, you know, because of the time frame. I mean, it was. Uh, you know, when they were recruiting me, it was after that, but it still would have fallen under, I think, the time frame. I don't know. Yeah, Jack, uh, uh, please uh, try to reach Jack Sarfati. He he really knew everyone. It's amazing. Like uh, the people he Jack? knew, uh, he knew Leary, he knew uh, uh, Huxley, or all every uh, oh, wow. everyone from from the the Bay Area. Like everyone who Jack was Sarfati? in the CIA, basically. <laughs> How do you spell it? It's Safardi? No, uh, Sarfati. Jack Sarfati. He -hmm. sometimes also answers uh, on uh, on Twitter. Yeah. yeah. So S A R F A T T I. Jack. Yeah. He's already okay. eighty four, but he's he in uh, how he talks or how he talks like a teenager. Okay. <laughs> and uh, where where was I? Oh, yeah, I I just uh, googled um, Targ and Putoff, and uh, and the second place is already the CIA document from the nineteen seventy four called um, does it have a title? Remote viewing of natural targets, Stanford Research Institute Electronics and Bioengineering Laboratory. So they they don't call it psychic laboratory. It has to do with electronics and bioengineering. And are uh, here to be presented at the conference on quantum physics. See quantum mm -hmm. physics again. That's Jack Sarfati's yeah. speci speciality and parapsychology. So you you you've of course also heard of all the new age books that say that that kind of make new age religion out of the quantum physics um, results. Oh, yeah. Kind of if you observe. If you only observe an electrical experiment, it already changes kind of that stuff. Yeah. There is this yeah. quantum entanglement. We are all connected. Yeah. It doesn't matter that the space and time are is an illusion. Yeah, exactly that one. Mm -hmm. 
that that's one of the documents i i had a different one but i think here they also kind of show the, the the first experiments with all the data for those who are interested and where did i want to go with that yeah robin monroe also had he had a gift of um theta frequency i don't know if you remember what theta frequencies in the brain we have the alpha the beta right the theta frequency is often connected with like a deep meditative state that can also happen so in the dream very creative states uh, like a yeah. flow state is a yeah. combination of alpha and theta. Yeah. So like so, athletes in their prime, you know, like like a pitcher right in that moment. Yeah, it's it's in the flow. Yeah. And, and kind of time maybe also my distort or so. And Robert A. Monroe was one of the freak, but in a positive way, a biological abnormality where he could easily go into a almost like a catatonic uh uh, like a coma state very quickly so he could really relax very quickly yeah here we have the theta four to eight hertz and i think usually the REM phase so with the yeah. dreams that we talked about uh, it's more like the alpha and alpha actually is the same as when we're yeah. while, while we're in here now as the waking state so it's it's kind of strange that in a dream you're in a very similar state as in the REM state yeah well, it's a very active uh, and delta, process, right? Delta state is uh, okay. usually like the deep sleep when the you're not sleep. dreaming so much. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right, right. The deep sleep. That's uh, the restorative type of, well, REM's restorative too, but in different yeah. ways. Yeah. yeah. Probably uh, more emotionally regen regenerative is, would be my guess. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I think cognitively as well, actually. Uh, mm -hmm. They say that a lack of REM leads to yeah. cognitive fine memory, memory loss. yep exactly mm -hmm. so i i so i wear this aura ring and they track your sleep and they're it's constantly telling me i'm not getting enough rem like what's going on <laughs> i remember that i'm are you, are you drinking too much wine I, yeah <laughs> i guess so <laughs> I, I i know you're joking oh, my, my wine drinking drugs also psychedelics are not good if you want to have uh vivid uh, uh rem and also cannabis is very bad if you want to have dreams so if you want to go into yeah. dream journaling and working with your dreams just uh and also you shouldn't eat too much before going to bed so it's good yeah. if you do a fasting of everything but then you have right. vivid dreams and also uh, uh not so much stress i also if I have extreme stress, like last week I had a premiere at a theater, uh, a local theater I'm I'm doing, mm -hmm. then I also had kind of like these, uh, like very uh, weird dreams, intense yeah. dreams. But uh, usually it's it's best to kind of go to bed early and kind of uh, don't do uh, social media or watch too much TV before going to bed. Really kind of med meditate or read a book before. Right. Going, 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 sleeping. I need to work um, on all of this. <laughs> I was. Uh, can I? Can I read one more passage? Maybe yeah, I'm. I'm bringing you, but uh, it's it's just for me. That that that's how I learned. I yeah, learned sure. to learn at the university. Kind of short passages and then discussion. And I okay. also want to really um, maybe inspire people to read books again for me it's also like i'm also mm -hmm. addicted to twitter 
although I feel yeah. I'm shadow banned, but I'm meeting interesting people like you and Sarfati. Yeah. So, but um, with with Robert A. Monroe, it's I was first like critical when I read his book, like everything is so fantastical and. In, uh -huh. uh, while he's out of body, he can pinch people and then uh, go back and, and uh, meet the, the person again. And it also really has a mark where he pinched the person. He, he, um, he attests or, or really uh, assures. And the one thing uh, where it gets really creepy or really mysterious is when he uh, starts uh, visiting the dead people, the dead ghosts kind of. So right. the meets he's he's very he was very good friends with dr gordon okay at the monroe institute huh yeah there is a monroe institute they also work together yeah. with the military people with the the tapes yeah. that monroe did so i would i would say the 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 tapes that monroe did there is there are some on youtube that you can listen with the shh kind of mm. um it's interesting but for him i think with him it's he had a very hypnotic voice so i think that was kind of the main trans producing element mm -hmm. but anyway yeah. i really believe that he had a, a gift of going into theta states into these out of body experiences right. and if everything is true i, I wouldn't say everything 100 percent, but if some things are true it would really prove that we can live outside of our body after death. There is for some time mm -hmm. one element, one double of us who's kind of, who can fly around into different dimensions and so. And here is mm -hmm. uh, after Dr. Gordon died or no, he's actually dying here in the hospital. He wanted to give him like a message. It's almost like um, a, a hypnotic suggestion what to do mm. when you when you separate from from your body yeah so because he he couldn't visit his doctor in the hospital he he wrote it down as a letter and gave it to dr gordon's wife and he wrote mm. and you remember all the tests and examinations you gave me because you knew i was worried about something so he's talking about in the 50s uh, no one believed uh, uh Monroe that he had this out of body experiences and Dr. Gordon was kind of like his uh, psychotherapist, his uh, yeah. confidant. Huh? Well, that was when it started. It is the out of body. Yeah? Now, as long mm -hmm. as you are in the hospital for a while, you might just try it and find out for yourself. That way you don't have to take my word for it. It will give you something to do while you recuperate. For anyone listening in the hospital or if you have your, have the flu or so, just try. First, you have to accept the possibility, remote as it may be to your experience, mm -hmm. that you can act, think, and exist without the restriction of a physical body. And don't tell your wife to send me to that psychiatrist son of yeah. yours it takes more than freud to solve this one besides his making enough money as it is yeah the psychiatrists really they don't have to complain with all the big pharma drugs that they're um, spreading right, around right. like uh, like cookies or like candies anyway i, I will just uh, summarize what happened later so he died uh, dr gordon and now um monroe as a 
amateur scientist, citizen scientist, mm -hmm. researcher. He said, now, because I have this gift of quickly going into the theta state uh, out of my body, he always feels like a vibration and the sleep paralysis some, some also feel. And then while, when you feel the, the, the vibration, when you take a nap or so, it can happen because you fall asleep very quickly. Then you kind of try to kind of roll out of your body. And then mm -hmm. you just think, I want to meet Dr. Gordon. And then whoosh, mm -hmm. like Flash Gordon, eh? you go to Dr. Gordon. No, he went to uh, some kind of hall. Eh? It doesn't look like heaven so far, just an empty mm -hmm. hall. And he mm -hmm. also often fell, feels like someone, um, um, how do you say, take his arm and kind of dragging him or just leading, guiding mm -hmm. him. So he's in this hall and there are some people there talking, like one guy, one young guy talking. And he hears from here on the left, please wait a minute, Dr. Gordon will come soon. And he's like confused. So he waits uh, impatiently. Where is Dr. Gordon? He just looks at the other people again. There's a young guy with, um, do you know what, what it means? A shock of hair, a shock of hair, a young guy, probably like maybe like Afro, I imagine, or curly hair. Maybe, yeah, like electric shock is probably ah, what like, like this. Okay, he had this kind of hair. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, but he, he, he's, he's confused. Yeah. The minute is over. Why isn't Dr. Dr. Gordon coming? And he feels hotter and hotter. So he went back again later. He goes to Mrs. Gordon, the, the, mm -hmm. the, um, the widow and says, um, mm -hmm. can I see, uh, an old picture of him? Maybe that, that was mm -hmm. Dr. Gordon, the, the young guy, the 20 year old guy. And then he really sees the picture and it, it looks exactly like Dr. Gordon. When, oh, when wow. he was, he, he only knew him like from the forties till the eighties or so. So, right. and there are also other, where he goes into a house, uh, that, that where someone just died and sees, um, a lady who's into pictures. And then from the neighbor hears that <coughs> the person who just died was a lady who looked exactly like he saw in the dream, in the out of body experience and who was uh, collecting paintings so there is all these confirmations but mm -hmm. if you haven't experienced it yourself me i haven't had that many out-of-body experiences uh surely not the last 20 years i didn't i can't remember <laughs> but lucid dreams yes and yeah. of course controlling your dreams is also something that patricia garfield writes okay. about so it's this uh, dream incubation so Yep. My suggestion, if we're coming to a close, uh, maybe soon, mm -hmm. uh, don't mm -hmm. start with out-of-body stuff or astral projection. It's basically the same. Start with dream recollection, writing a dream journal, and mm -hmm. maybe also controlling your dreams means not only inside the dream when you get lucid, but also before you can mm -hmm. dream. Directing where it's going to go. Oh, yeah. thank you. Dream or fantasize about mm, what do I really want to do in a dream? Mm -hmm. Kind of like before you go for a long trip, do I just want to fly? Do I just want to have sex? Or do I just want to... Sometimes you can even take illegal drugs in a dream that also I have done uh, several times. Um, who do I want to meet? Do I want to meet deceased people or uh, famous people? Once I met mm -hmm. Dr. Peterson and Brett Weinstein next to each other, and I'm kind of as a, as a young podcaster, I'm, that would be my dream to kind of interview them and ask them spicy questions. What would you ask them? What would you ask them? 
Um, Did you have a dream about them? Did you ask? Yeah, yeah, recently that that was the dream I was thinking about. So it it I yeah. I was just just like for some reason I was some kind of in a school or a, a university sitting down, yeah. kind of like like a library where you kind of study, yeah, sure. where there was there were like walls left and right, and. Yeah. Uh, on the right side, I remember was Jordan Peterson. On the left was Brett Weinstein. They were kind of joking around, having a good time. Mm -hmm. And then I suddenly uh, turn around to Jordan Peterson and say, um, "Didn't you write something, or didn't you write in your book about two or three months ago? I don't know really what that meaning is yet. That um, that you had some conflict with Brett Weinstein. I don't re remember really what. And then I had like a blank uh, blackout. Um, and the others, the others knew what I was talking about, so they were getting nervous. And then I said, "Oh yeah, I remember. You both thought you were geniuses, and that uh, that they were right. They were always right. So that was it. You were kind of like both too arrogant to admit that both you, you two, you're not geniuses. Kind of that's kind of my my way yeah. of uh, because recently I used to kind of adore and respect, mm -hmm. especially Jordan Peterson. But lately, mm -hmm. through the revelations of Amazing Polly, that maybe you have also mm -hmm. seen, uh, she's kind of breaking down this. Uh, mm -hmm this uh, almost godly guru-like image that Jordan Peterson is still cultivating. No? Yeah. yeah. I, I did a podcast not too long ago on uh, his arc, uh, the, the Alliance. The, the arc uh, stuff who's getting yeah. more and more, or it's it's just like the conservative uh, flip side of the coin, of the weft coin. That's what I called it. It was the dialectical right arm to build weft dreams. Yeah, so the streams, I, I went yeah. through the funding. Yeah, I went through the funding arms, and uh, interestingly enough, when you trace back, and Polly's done great work on this as well. So I don't, I don't want to take that away from she. She does fantastic work. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so I went through. You know, I focused. I did do the. Uh, you know, I, I went through the the people involved, the funding entities, which are directly connected to World Economic Forum. Uh, but I also tried to outline some of the philosophical elements, you know, the how the dialectic works and uh, that they I do see it as kind of they're appealing to the quote unquote conservative Christian right under the umbrella of being uh, socially conservative and rejecting wokeism. But they are still very much in favor of advancing the 17 sustainable goals. And in fact, the organization was previously, if you look up their filings, it was called Prosperity UK and Prosperity UK uh, is Prosperity UK 2017, actually, which is interesting timing because that was kind of around a similar time when Jordan Peterson catapulted to fame. And uh, it was right after he testified uh, for uh, regarding the Bill C-16, which was uh, about using pronouns for the, the trans. And uh, it was around the same time. So I thought that was interesting. And then, of course, uh, you know, the, the it was the next year, I think 2017, 2018, Prosperity UK 2017 was uh, the, the, there was a publication to, uh, talking about how they're you know, they're, they were very proud of being able to advance the uh, 17 sustainable goals of the UN. And of course, Jordan Peterson was involved in writing a document for uh, the UN. I, I go through all of it, but yeah, it's a, and I was a huge, huge Jordan Peterson fan. So I, I have my suspicions. I do think it looks like, and this is just speculation. I could be 
way off the mark and uh, <laughs> I hope I am, but uh, it does look like there was some sort of uh, MK Ultra or, yeah. or if not that literally, but like programming that occurred when he that was went 2020, um, 21. 2020. So in, in, the, in the middle of Corona, where mm -hmm. also yeah. not people were around to observe it. And he first went to Russia for some strange reason and then came back to, to, a, to, a, to a hospital in Croatia, I think, no? Russian yeah. and Croatia. He went to Russia uh, to rehab. Uh, apparently, he was struggling to find some sort of From help. the benzos. Uh, the benzodiapines, yeah. Mm -hmm. So he had a very, very uh, adverse reaction to mm -hmm. the benzodiapines. And restless he very restless uh, leg. He, he couldn't stop walking, yeah. kind of a really restlessness. Yeah, he, he had tremors and uh, he had a really bad reaction, but he was also addicted. So it yeah. was a, he couldn't wean off because then he would also have a reactions to to you know weaning off of it it was from what he describes it sounds actually pretty horrific you know i do feel for him but it seems you know he talks about how he uh, was in a coma for six months and, and then lost memory lost memory yeah, of about walk. two years or walk. so mm -hmm. yeah and he also was having trouble walking and just yeah. basic functionality yeah he said he was trying to figure out how to talk again how to write <laughs> and he wrote his book while he was there so yeah i mean uh, we can go through a pretty long tra trajectory on that, but yeah. But wait, so wait a I minute. How how this. do you in interpret the dream? Your please, dream. Please, please oh. do it for free, just uh, just as an exception. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, uh, like one, the one thing uh, why I, I don't know who who chose it or the the dream intelligent chose it that why why should uh, Jordan Peterson have written something about that two or three months ago, and then I tried to think about what happened with me two or three months ago, like in October or so. But basically, I think that was a time where I just started doing um, Twitter a lot. Mm -hmm. And I was finding a lot of, a lot of kind of like friends. And I think like on YouTube, I was really getting into, into Jordan Peterson, also Brett Weinstein and the intellectual mm -hmm. dark, dark web with Joe That's Rogan that. and so on. And X kind of this blackness that it now has it's not the blue the blue cute <laughs> uh hippy dippy um uh, kind of uh bird bird chirping all the time now it's kind of really like dark it's getting dark conspiracy theory elon musk allows everything kind of but well, he doesn't uh, this, allow the, everything but it's yeah. it's, it's this yeah. limited hangout excessively you can yeah. you can really yeah. uh do it all day long and it has this extremely dangerous algorithm that addict that's yep. very addictive i think because they like google algorithm they know they 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 store everything every click you did and they know exactly your taste basically your personality yeah, yeah. but anyway um, yeah um two or three months ago uh i why, yeah. why did i tell jordan peterson uh, that he's a genius or that he's not a genius i don't know this well, I, I mean, uh, the very kind of, uh, you know, surface level interpretation, I think, just really has to do with you, uh, you know, that I, I don't want to sound, you know, the term is kill your heroes. So I think yeah. you, yeah, that, that's really what it kill your like. it's, you it's, it's a wish, wish fulfillment, basically. And that's why I was all yeah. at, the, at the end. I was well, I was uh, waking up smiling. Yeah, I think it was a wish fulfillment, but I think it was also, uh, you know, a kind of a, a revelation dream. You know, it's this realization mm. that these Jordan Peter, Jordan Peter is over. Bye-bye, <laughs> Jordan and Brett Weinstein. 
<laughs> well, and I don't, I, I'm not trying to put anybody down. I'm just saying, though, for, you know, a lot of times we put people up on a pedestal. Mm-hmm. And I think this was very much, it was around the time when you're starting to realize these people are human uh, and the people in the, you know, who are catapulted to the, the front, you know, the front of uh, media and narratives and, and very larger than life characters. Yeah. That they're, you know, they're often, they're, they're presented in a certain way. And the reality is they're human, you know, they're yeah. not, uh, they're not gods. And uh, <laughs> I, you know, again, I'm not saying that they've not, I know I did a whole thing <laughs> on Ark and Jordan Peterson and uh, people have said to me, they're like, Oh, well, I know how you feel about him. It's like, it's, I, it's not like, I don't think he's had any value. I mean, I think, I think he he's he's done some really great work and he's like uh, maps of he, meaning you you enjoyed yeah, this no? uh, mm-hmm. I think he's done some great work. I think he's said some profound things. I I just think that you know what who he was and who he is now are don't seem quite congruent yep. and uh, I'm a little bit concerned about uh the trajectory of where yep. it's leading the people. You know, it's less mm. about him yeah it's how good. is he how is he as a figurehead right he's kind of known as being like the 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 conservative father he's like that yeah. archetype if you will yeah and father i'm archetype. a little bit yeah he's the father archetype and i'm a Ooh. little concerned about how is that potentially being used to steer uh you know from a dialectical arm at, you know with that that's that's really more of what I'm aiming at it's a I don't know that's why I'm I'm happy oh excuse me what what do you want to say I'm I'm happy I'm happy I also know some motherly figures or sisterly figures like you (laughs) anyway um what 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 do you want to still talk about do you still have any questions about dreams lucid dreaming or CIA programs I'm I'm not really the type of person who can just improvise without preparation or so. No but if you have concrete uh, questions, you can ask me. I I mean I don't know that I was really curious about the uh, CIA remote viewing. It's something that I feel like I should do a dive on. Mm-hmm. I, I've done very kind of cursory looks at, as I said, at some of their documents, but I really don't know too much about the program except from people who personally uh, do it or who have trained trained others i i had a friend uh he calls himself the what did he call himself like the spiritual remote view i i don't remember the term but he basically was trying to argue that he was the light side of remote viewing and uh, that remote viewing has a bit of a a negative connotation because he feels that it's been used for uh nefarious purposes it, it has it's especially been used to make money so there are a lot of remote viewing programs online courses or so mm-hmm. who try to make money with it so if you want to yeah. get into uh the research i would look into the cia documents that have been released or i think mm-hmm. russell tark is the uh, the 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 most serious uh guy mm-hmm. in in the the early oh, I, days so <laughs> is he that I, real? I see, it's got the eye on it Excuse oh, that's me? too funny. I, I'm wondering there, if this is real. Uh, yeah, the pyramid and the eye. Oh, don't don't make a, a commercial for RV viewer. It doesn't sound very. Uh, I would go to <laughs> Limitless Mind by Russell Tark. That's maybe a book you can read, or otherwise just Google Tark and Putoff and remote viewing, and then you can look at the papers. I also mm-hmm. made a, a thread on X. Also for people mm-hmm. who would like to go, I'm glass bead player, glass 
Beat Player on X. I, what is that name? Good, like, yeah, it's, it's good you asked because I often often forget to explain. This is a book that also has uh, influenced me. Hermann Hesse. Das okay. Glasperlenspiel in German means uh, the glass beat game. And okay. the, I, I didn't call myself the glass beat gamer. It's more the player. So the glass beat game, he, he was also very important. Oh, thank you. Uh, he's also uh, Hermann Hesse, the German guy. He was also important for the hippie movement. Um, he was, he's still uh, like a mandatory reading in high schools in Switzerland and German. Uh, really? wrote, wrote poetry. Uh just very he he's he's like me uh, a son of a of a pastor just like Jung was uh, very interested mm-hmm. in Eastern religion mm-hmm. and um, the Gla- Glass Palace be his last uh, no- Nobel Prize uh, winning um, um, Nobel Prize winning book mm-hmm. is about basically the internet I would say but it's this kind of uh, interdisciplinary transdisciplinary kind of art form of the mm-hmm. internet combining right. history you can find a lot of history uh, in the internet combining music combining all the other sciences but also combining the all occult maybe the mm-hmm. the, the al- alchemistic stuff and right. eastern religion there is like one professor of this this uh, monastery kind of who uh who's working with the I Ching. The I Ching is the, mm-hmm. the trying to to prophesy also the future with uh synchronistic sticks or with the combination of six um, combinations of either black or white. And okay. um it has it has many just uh wise truth in it mm-hmm. you just have to read it it might also be a little bit about the deep state he he's there's always the the jesuits you know about the 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 secret societies and the jesuits also have a very close relationship so the jesuits always try to recruit the the main person but he always said no i'm not really interested i just want to become a monk and a hermit somewhere and i kind of also feel like Maybe I'd, maybe for for a year or so, I'd like to see what really happens in the CIA or so. But in reality, I'm kind of happy, independent, um, kind of as a, re- a recluse and uh, just keeping my sanity and not having all the group pressure and all the, the moral decisions you have to make as a CIA agent. Oh, sure. Yeah, the, the moral decisions for sure. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't uh, see that they're... I think there would be tough ones there for sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Well, that's, that's really interesting. I'm not familiar. I'd have to oh, yeah, by, by the way, before, before we, before, before we forget one last thing, remote mm-hmm. mu, mu, um, remote viewing experiment. I cannot talk anymore. The remote viewing, I made a sketch of something that I will post later on X below uh, the live stream of this. Okay. And you have time to think about what I did as a sketch, and then we can compare then at, at X. Oh, dear. Oh, my gosh. It's just a okay. small small sketch in, in a square. Remember, it's in a square something. Huh? Okay. You can, you can take <laughs> your time. With the remote viewing, it doesn't have to, uh, it doesn't have to happen right away. Um, just when you feel something... 
can do it mm. right now, maybe. Just do a, a little sketch and then, or or later, just after after the podcast. Then, if you some some just just uh, it's not really like go into a trance and lucid dream. No, no, it's more like what comes into my mind. Just receive and then just yeah, it's like you nothing without without effort. Right. <laughs> okay. I, I nothing. Guess I'd have nothing. To... It's nothing coming. I'm I'm looking at it right now. I'm looking at it. Come on. <laughs> you're, you're looking at it. Well, yeah, I'm, I, I'm at it. clouded by the images we've seen. So mm -hmm. I mean, we that's that, that's a good point. So erase your mind, empty yourself. Yeah. If you need one or two minutes, do it, and then think about round or edgy, uh, big or small, um, mm -hmm. concrete or more like abstract or kind of. Like, this is one technique. If you think in. Um, dualities what's this right. saunas and lamps yeah oh, it's you this you it's me yeah sport is also important for you i saw you climbing the wall mm -hmm. i don't know which wall oh yeah the 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 monkey like wall the, or how you call it yeah, yeah the bar there i don't know what that is it's like a group <laughs> training yeah. yeah it was super fun i haven't done it in so long um, but I used to do it for like Ninja Warrior training. So, mm -hmm. yeah, fun. Cool. Okay, it was fun all right, exchanging well. all our knowledge and hope we can do it again sometime. Yeah, I look forward to it. Thank you. This was super fun. I, I got to revisit all sorts of things I haven't really thought about in a long time. So that was super Very fun. Good. Thank you. Very good. Thank well, you. We, we put up your website, but if you want for the people who are listening, tell them where they can find you. And if you have anything you want to close out with, then please share. Cool. The last words, huh? Microdose uh, yeah. Media is kind of uh, one one name I gave myself because uh, I think we're all um, excessively using social media, internet all the time. I want to go back to meditation and uh, minimalism and shiatsu journalist comes from the idea that uh, I don't want to just be a journalist of the mainstream or the the corporations who want to sell their products. I want to be like a shiatsu mm -hmm. therapist mm -hmm. who who looks at the whole body holistically and tries to use pressure points. Maybe pressure points. I I did a, a slow um, a shiatsu uh, training once. And you, you kind of try to make the body flow again. So if there's some blockages somewhere, some some taboo themes, I wanna I wanna mention it. I wanna go head on and and kind of work with it. So I'm known as a maybe sometimes provocative person, but uh, as mm -hmm. you could see, mm -hmm. we didn't fight at all. And mm -hmm. no. uh, yeah, uh, the best place is either X or LinkedIn, where I'm also David Jerome Putnam. Okay, wonderful. Well, thanks so much. Thank you for being here. And uh, mm -hmm. thank you all for watching and listening.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.